Welcome back to a tale of two rivals plus one, where a three-peat champion, a numbers-loving nerd, and an ever-so-eloquent plus one try to deliver to you the best possible fantasy podcast that you'll fight out there. Who am I joined by? FF underscore Spaceman Dave Wright. And guys, we're we're one a week now. The the in season is over with. We're once a week. Let's go. I am so pumped to be talking to you, getting the off-season content. This is where we live. This is where we succeed on a tale of two rivals. Boom. Excited to be here tonight, guys. Woo! Let's go. Who else is here? Hey, you got the walrus. In the building, as always, um, just to echo Dave's, excited to be once a week. The wife has not been pleased. She thought now that the regular season was over, I would stop talking as much football. But now I'm hitting her with all these playoff scenarios, these draft scenarios, these player profiles of prospects. And when I told her I was doing this tonight, she was just kind of like, good, get it out of your system. Go talk to those two. Don't talk to me. So I am very pleased to be here with you, gentlemen. Hi, Katie. Oh, she's not even in this part of the house. I'm pretty sure (laughs) if it wasn't winter, she would just be in the backyard. So I discussed with Joanne another level with fantasy football when I told her that in my current draft, I'm picking people that are still currently in high school. And she was like, you're deranged. And I just go, yeah, Debbie football is a little deranged, but it's awesome. But that's what you've been doing with high school basketball kids forever, Todd. So why why is she surprised? No, I haven't been because I can't get a Debbie basketball league off the ground. If you want to be in a Debbie basketball league and you listen to this podcast, hit me up on Twitter. I want to start this. It would be awesome. Just got to find people that are committed and just, you know, not trying to get any noobs up in this week. You know what I'm saying? No noobs. Noob free. So, how are we doing that? Can I tell you a confession? You can. I did not watch a snap of Week 17 football. This is the first time I have voluntarily not watched a Patriots game in probably 15 years. Dave, just going full usher. Yeah. What did you do instead? I I played on Excel and looked at old stats from 2012. Uh, That's what I did. (laughs) So on New Year's Day, I watched every bowl game. Like, it was glorious. So when it came to Sunday, the meaningless Pats game versus the Jets, I had it on. I watched part of it. And then, like, I went out with my family because it's the day before vacation ended. So I was in a similar boat. I didn't watch a ton of Week 17. Um, So I'm with you, man. But... I, I got my fill of football during, um, you know, New Year's Day. Ohio State-Clemson was shocking, to say the least. And I am very excited Devontae Smith actually won the Heisman. I really did not think that that was not going to go to a quarterback. So I was very excited about that. I'm ready for people to stop making fun of his legs because who cares? I'm very much looking forward to when you actually start studying rookies so we can talk about him because I'm very intrigued on your thoughts. Oh, very yes. Intrigued. Yes. Very intrigued. I, I My prediction is you're going to hate him. We'll see, though. So, I automatically like him now. <laughs> no, Dave, you won't because more people will be saying that they like him. So then yeah. you'll have to take the contrary road and not. It's wild. It's wild. I'm conflicted. So, you're contrarian. It's all about BMI. So, uh, David, what's new with you? Anything you'd like to share? Yeah, not not a terrible amount I'd like to share. Uh, just so everyone knows, we're recording this on Wednesday of this week. It's, it's 9 o'clock Eastern time. So there's been a lot. That's going on in the United States. I know we have some people in Lithuania who are listening, so I'm pretty sure they know what's going on too. However, I don't want to get too political or anything. I just want to say that 
we still went went ahead and recorded tonight because this is a big part of what it is for our relationship between the three of us and our audience and whatever. But we're not we're not uh, throwing aside what's happened today. What to me that I've been reflecting on is that how can I better connect with people who disagree with me? What it means to be a citizen of the United States? I'm not and and just what you know. I th- sometimes people like shy away from talking po- politics, and I and I don't un- I don't disagree. But just what does it mean to be a citizen in a country that allows us to have these freedoms? And I th- and how do we try to start bridging these gaps, these divides? Because I'm guilty of it as much as the next person, and and I just want to try to, you know, we're, all three of us are trying to have a family, and injustice is not something that we is something that's all very near and dear to all of our hearts. And I just wanted to say that on a tale to rivals, we we're here for people who are, are are very deeply affected by what's going on today, and just overall is that it, we're not breezing past this. We're just here to do something that we love to do. And what makes this country so great is that we have the opportunity to do talk fancy football, even though all this stuff is going on. Yeah. And I think it's important to definitely find time for the things that bring you joy when you're and we're in a place where there's just tension and stress all around us between politics, pandemics. And I mean, we live in New England. The winter enough is depressing. So Try to find those joys in those things. But when you want to have those important conversations, take a breath, man. And remember that diplomacy is the best way to be able to, like, find a relations with people. Like, the way that bipartisan politics has become, we just really got to get back to a place where, you know, we could just have, like, civ- civility, like Dave said. So, well said, David. Mr. Eloquent, would you like to add anything on to that? Or do would you like me to move on? No, I think just you guys, you guys hit it on the head already. But just talking, listening, understanding, and being comfortable with other people's opinions. You know, somebody having a different opinion doesn't mean they're attacking you. Right. But we need to be respectful. We need to move forward and we need to be able to listen to each other in yeah. a productive and way. And your, your opinion doesn't need to lead you to violence. Correct. For good Never sake. should it. No, <laughs> it really doesn't. Like, take a breath, drink a beer, and go sit down somewhere. Jesus. So, I, I got a great segue, guys. I was very excited that... The magazine that I'm being I'm working on with the IDP guys and the Dynasty Vipers, we had a five round profile draft where we got to draft who we were going to write about. So for that five rounds, I ended up with Travis Etienne, uh, Terrence Marshall, Kenny Gainwell, Rondell Moore, and Mac Jones. So I am super excited about that. I've written no profiles. While Dingus and Joey have written all five of theirs are now beyond their five, I really question what they do for work at times. And, um, yeah, man, I am overjoyed to be working on this project. We're going to have over 110 uh, player profiles for offense and IDP sides. Um, I'm going to be mostly on the offensive side, but I I work with some amazing IDP minds. So if you're looking to get an edge with rookies in IDP, this is the magazine to buy for sure. Todd, just one second here. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats on being in a freaking magazine, dude. Hats off to you. Congrats. I used to buy two to three magazines back in the day. And like, you know, they made a rotation in and out of the bathroom, you know, where championships were won. And, you know, it's it's really a dream come true, man, to be published in a fantasy magazine. I can't wait to have that thing in my hands, man. Like, you know, Street and Smith's, you know, Lindsay's. Like, I had them all, man. I, I freaking love that stuff. So I'm excited. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. And uh, I'm glad they got some of the guys that I got because I feel like those are some guys that I'm really excited to look at some tape for and, like, really start hammering down. And uh, they're guys that 
there's also guys that the three of us are going to definitely start talking about when the draft gets closer. They're all legit prospects. Mr. Kennedy, should we get into the question of the day? Always. Um, but since you were a total mouth breather about answering this one, we're actually going to have two questions of the day today. So I wasn't, uh, uh, that's so oh, no, 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 no. I was honest. I was honest. We'll, we'll get into it. So the first one, the original one that Todd just felt like he had to knife his way around and just try and big time humanity on was what's a New Year's resolution you have and how quickly are you going to abandon it here in 2021? Dave. So mine's kind of, I don't know, it's something that I always try. It's been a theme of mine the last couple of years, but I really want to be healthier. I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm not as old as Todd, but I'm still not as young as I used to be. I need to get back to just a little healthier lifestyle, exercise a little bit more. Uh, I think I've fallen into a little bit of rut here uh, with the pandemic. I got a lot of love, happiness, and crappy fancy football takes to share with everybody here. And I got to make sure I'm around to share it. So that's kind of a thing that I need to get to. Now, mind you, I haven't started that resolution yet, so I can't necessarily abandon it yet. I'm just trying to get to that the action potential of really succeeding. So I'm getting there. I'm ready to start. It's time to just be back. Just be, get to Spaceman here. Let's be a healthy Spaceman. Fantastic. Mine was in that similar vein. I set the goal that I wanted to be able to run three miles in under 25 minutes. I don't even know the last time I went for a run. I'll probably consider the fact that I might have a heart attack the first time I go out and do it. Um, but I haven't started. I probably won't. To be honest with you, I don't know if you can quit if you never start. But that's the way it's looking for me. As an assistant cross-country coach, Sean, my thing for you is don't worry about speed. Just worry about not stop running. Even if you're going incredibly slow, just keep the feet moving. Mm. Run. It doesn't matter about anything as long as you're keeping a consistent heart rate going. So that's my big advice for you, my friend. I cycle a lot, and I'm really hoping that that is going to carry over into this, but I'm not keeping my hopes up. Don't say you're a Peloton, man. Dave, I'm a teacher in New Hampshire. I would need to clone myself five times and work the same job to be able to afford a Peloton. <laughs> Todd, what about you? I don't believe in New England. Uh, <laughs> resolutions, uh, New Year's resolutions, not my thing. Todd, kind of Todd I'm going to have to interrupt cheesies. you. You're going to have to speak up a little bit because we can't hear you down here from up on your high horse. <laughs> I just, I've never made one. Like, like my idea of like setting a goal is like when I feel it's the time to set a goal, I set a goal for myself. I don't need some sort of like arbitrary calendar change to make me feel like, oh, it's just time to like have deep reflection. Like I have deep reflection when I feel the need to have deep reflection. So I don't know. That's why I've always been about them, dude. I've just never really been about them. That's it. So if you ask me which one I've abandoned, I don't ever remember making one. I, I just haven't. That happens in old age. All right. So our <laughs> second question of the day, since we didn't really get a great response out of that one, there are currently six coaching vacancies in the NFL. The Lions, the Texans, the Falcons, the Jets, who else are we missing here? The Chargers and the Jaguars. Which one would you want to coach most and why? Todd, you're up. So I get I get put on the spot first because I had the lamest answer. Is that what you're telling me? I mean, Dave can go first or I can go first. I just Nah, it's okay. I just I'm I having trouble recovering there. from Sean saying Jaguars. Like what the <laughs> I'm trying to say it like a classy person who owns a Peloton would, Dave. Yeah. Apparently, I have a lot of expectations to live up to in your mind. So, all right. I'm going to go with the Chargers for multiple reasons. One, I have a phenomenal young QB to play around with. I have Austin Eckler there. I have phenomenal pieces on my defense. I have a foundation in my line to be able to build around. Um, I also be working in someplace with 
phenomenal weather. And I kind of feel like it's it's somewhere where there's they're so close to be able to being successful that if you put the right pieces around you, it would be a pretty quick turnaround and could lead to some solid job security. My first thing would find somebody who's smarter than me calling plays. So that'd be my first move. So yeah, I would go with the Chargers. Nice. Love it. Dave, what about you? I think for me, it it's, mind you, this is totally off the cuff here, but the idea of the Jaguars, the number one overall spot, that offensive line is pretty solid. You've got some decent offensive skill position players. The expectations are consistently low. It's not, now, mind you, the hashtag Duval uh, Nation, uh, shout out to uh, J. Mike, who's a loyal listener. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Duval's not, I wouldn't say they're, it's a high pressure. It's not like under the media microscope, like the in New York or in other organizations. So the idea of getting the quarterback of the future, you have some weapons for him to use. The offensive line's okay. You've got James Robinson. There's there's stuff to work with with the Jags, so that's my number one go-to. Nice. Jags was also mine because those reasons you have an unbelievable amount of cap space, something like 81 million. And not only do they have that number one overall pick courtesy of the succubus, but they also have nine other picks in this draft. I mean, they can roll out an entirely new team next year and, you know, save those good pieces that Dave had mentioned, like Chark and Robinson. Um, LaVisca Chenault, that offensive line, and still really be pretty good in what's a competitive division. But as we've seen this year, the AFC is kind of open. I'm not coming to visit you guys in Jacksonville. I'll chill in LA. You can come see me. Well, I, I would do, you know, I would do this remotely. I don't think I'd want to go to Florida. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm in London anyway. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm in London. That would be good. Then maybe that's like a job continue. It's like, you know, Khan wants to hire you so badly. You'd be like, listen, dude, move the team to London. We'll talk. That that was they were my second choice. They were my second choice. Yeah, Chargers are a good pick. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. Into our topic for tonight. So we for the next few weeks are going to be for the first time releasing a series of consensus ranking, which will then compile all together and we'll be posting. I believe you guys for public. I'm not sure how Twitter works, but yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I would post them, but like fewer people would see them. So we'll. Yeah, Todd, you're just losing followers left and right, huh? I don't know, man. I mean, people aren't digging my my Defy polls. If we could like do some kind of calculation where we carried over his MySpace followers, it could get pre- <laughs> you know, it would be interesting, dude. If we follow carry over my MySpace followers, I would be blowing you out of the water right now, bro. You know, ah, my. What was your marquee was- MySpace song? My marquee probably was an Incubus song. I'm sure, Dave. I I actually never had MySpace. What? Dude, I, what did you do I, with all your time? I was freaking learning how to build fires, climb trees, I, I was be a boy. You no, live in the, the city. When will the that help didn't you? didn't get the internet till, th- till, like, till like 2010. That's true. Yeah, I don't need MySpace. Give me a break. All right. So tonight we're kicking it off with our top 12 consensus quarterbacks and an analysis of our consensus ranking. So before we get into the actual rankings themselves, we're going to determine a little bit of value. With a dynasty QB, how do you approach that? How does the dynasty aspect of the QB versus redraft affect your overall draft positioning in startups? How that affects if it's a super flex league where you're taking them in rookie drafts? Uh, how much extra value does that carry in regular in one QB or in super flex when you're trading? So just speak a little bit to that. Is there an outsized value placed on QB because it's dynasty? Todd. All right. So first, let me just say that I will not talk about Dynasty 1QB because that shouldn't even be a thing anymore. I'm sorry. Move to Superflex. It's the way it should be. 
So it's Dynasty 1QB. I guess I will still go with my round QB strategy because there should be plenty on the wire. Moving on. However, in Superflex, the QB is essential to success. And you will go on Twitter and you will find plenty of people trying to tell you that you can punt QB in a Superflex Dynasty. Yeah, because you're thinking about winning for one year. makes no sense what you're talking about. So your quarterback is your most sustainable piece to build your foundation. You can move around with running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends a lot easier than you could a QB. And it's because those positions have a greater chance of other people finding opportunity at those positions. Only so many people start at the QB position, you know? So for me, it it's it's 100% about, like, you got to be building your foundation of Superflex with the quarterback position. And this is something that I feel like, like, Dave and I, when we started this, I feel like we argued about this, and it, it's kind of like, Dave doesn't, like, punt QB. I just feel like I'm the kind of guy that says, you go QB at the 101. You know, Patrick Mahomes is the 101 pick because that's the building block of a successful dynasty in Superflex. Because then you can rotate through the QB, too. Trying to work through two QBs in a Superflex that aren't sustainable or, like, studs, that's a a recipe for disaster. And the only chance you're ever going to get to replace that guy with another stud means you're going to suck. And you're going to need to have a top one, two, or three pick. Unless you can trade for those, which that's a good dynasty owner. But majority of the times, you're going to need to suck to go rebuild at that position. So, yeah. Now, let me ask you this. In the last two, or not this past year, the two years before, in our rookie drafts for the Tale of Two Rivals League, you were boisterous that at the end of the first when Lamar Jackson was there, he just needed to be taken regardless of who else there And you actually yep. swept back in and took and then the yep. following year, you kept saying the same thing about Dwayne Haskins. Now, you weren't the one who ended up with him, but you were using the yeah. same logic. Yeah. Now, obviously, yeah. one of those was a phenomenal call, and the other one was just laughable. So, But is that universal? Remember, Are you always chasing QBs that late? Um, yeah, I'm okay. Dwayne Haskins was somebody that I just whiffed on. So let's talk. Lamar, obviously, when you watch Lamar on tape, he had the rushing upside. He had the athleticism. And also, like, one thing that Dave and I differ with, Dave doesn't really think about, like, the growth of QBs. I think Josh Allen's changed his mind about that. I do think that there's, you know, a little bit of a learning curve at the position going into the NFL. So when it gets to, like, Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins was disgusting at Ohio State. He was putting up insanely efficient numbers. Like, I think his completion percentage was, like, 80 at, like, his last year. So, like, it, when you looked at him, so for me, like, that was one of the best pocket passers I've seen in college in a long time, dude. You know? So, yeah, I thought that he was a guy that was going to have success. I still think Dwayne Haskins is a good buy if he ends up somewhere where he's going to get good coaching to coach him up. Ron Rivera is a great coach. I kind of feel like what he needs to do is he needs to sit in the behind, needs to sit in a backup role and not be expected to do anything for a little while. And it's kind of develop a little bit. So, um, yeah, I mean, the thing about it is I think he's a stash. It's kind of like Mariota, man. You know what I mean? Like, if I was stashing Mariota in some places waiting for him to get a chance again. So I feel the same way about Dwayne Haskins. I was not ready to write him off quite right away. However, he ends up in certain places, I'd be like, I'm all set. You know, if he ends up in, like, New England, I'd be like, okay, that's a little intriguing, you know? And I also think that he's a guy that's not going to cost a lot to go out and get as a stash. So, yeah, I whiffed on Haskins. But, yes, I'm always looking for value in that. So, like, 
I would say that right now in this rookie draft, just because it came up, I'm saying like I think like Mac Jones is probably gonna end up being like the best value for QBs in this coming draft because of the other guys getting more hyped, and I think his draft capital will be a little bit lower. So, but yeah, man, I, I'm always looking for the value of QBs. I feel terrible that all this Devi talk is gonna get cut out. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it's not even Debbie talk. I'm talking about rookie upcoming rookies. I, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> if it was De- if it was Debbie talk, I'd be talking about like like Caleb Williams, who's going to be a freshman next year. So, but um, he's going to be special. But um, yeah. Anyways, um, that's that's pretty much what it is. So long story short is is like like finding the value in rookie drafts. You got to build around QBs and superflex, and yeah, they're just a vital part to being able to building a successful. Superflex roster. Fantastic. Dave, thoughts? Agree, disagree, outsized? I feel like Todd just read my line when he said vital. That's because that's my first thing here. My notes is QBs are vital part of a Superflex roster. I, I, I totally did, but not to steal your thunder. It just happened to see my eye when my mind was moving, and I just said the word. I was like, oh, that was messed up. My bad, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I just want a little peek behind the scenes here at Tale 2 Rivals. What really is the show? Blatant plagiarism. Uh, that's why I actually probably Todd plagiarized off of the rosters that he didn't win this year. He plagiarized to me, so that I, I'll take responsibility for that. I have a bachelor's degree in journalism. You both watch your mouth. Okay, that's true. That's true. Anyway, anyway, back to the topic here. QBs are, Todd is right, QBs are a vital part of a Superflex roster. If you miss on one of your top, like a t- top QB target in Superflex, that can decrease the value of your team overall, can tank your roster. There's a there's a lot when if you are going if you're going to miss on QB it could especially if you invested a lot in it that can really turn make or break a roster so I think that's the first thing that I want to start with here but then how I approach it with that in mind is ideally I want one of these top eight QBs we're going to get into our top our like our rankings and everything but there's a there's a clear divide for I think all of us of the of the the, the top-tier QBs that we w- all want on our rosters, and then it gets into a little bit of a, a smorgasbord of things here. So that being said, I want one of these top eights, and then my approach is I want to draft a young QB where I can watch the value grow my roster, and I can get that 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 ROI that I want. I want to get a Kyler. Yeah, he was the 101 and Superflex drafts, but now he's worth may- way more than that 101 was back then. I want... I just want, or a Herbert. If you like, people got Herbert at the 201, 202, 203 in their Superflex drafts. That that ROI, what Herbert has done for your rosters, what and what Todd's saying, Lamar Jackson at 110 a couple years ago, how that has changed rosters. I want a a high like a one of those ascending rookie QBs on my roster in a dynasty Superflex. That's just how I want to build my team. I want to invest in a in a top a top QB, have an ascending QB where I can have that value. And I can and I can go any way that I want to with it. They're very flexible with it. But then also after that, I want to have those veterans. I want those QB twos that are undervalued, who I think they're going to go up. I want Matt Ryan, uh, Jared Goff, uh, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G. I'll even throw Jimmy G. Tom Brady. These guys are undervalued right now where they're they're going here. I I want them on my rosters because a they're either going to give me return QB one numbers on my roster or they're going to be they're just undervalued overall because of a poor season or injuries or something along those lines. So I want that paired with my top, my top player here, but sometimes it doesn't work out just the way the value, the, the, the draft crumble, you know, the draft falls. You can't get the, one of those top QBs because there's just value other places. 
So if I don't get one of those top eight QBs, I'm going to double dip. I want, if I can't get one of those top eights, I want to double dip in that nine to 14 QB range just to make sure that I have a solid base here because, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to, the QBs can be, and I, Todd and I get into this a lot, is that sometimes QBs are vote. I don't need two top eight QBs. Yes, that's nice super flex roster to have top two top eight QBs, but then your roster other places is weak and there's just other ways to build and you don't need to have those t- two top eight. So, but if I don't have any, then I want to make sure that I have a, a floor and I want to make up for it. I have to really hit on those other picks besides QB. So it just shows you how valuable QBs are in Superflex. And it's not even necessarily on the field because we've seen players that are streamable or that come in and they can provide you that value. But just as a value spot, value aspect and trade value and everything that goes into a dynasty roster, especially this time of year, how valuable QBs can be and what the return can be. So long way, long story short is, yeah, QBs are valuable. Fantastic. All right. So drum roll, please, gentlemen. Our tale of two rivals, fantasy QB, dynasty consensus ranking. At the number one spot, unanimously, we had Patrick Mahomes. At the number two spot, also unanimously, we had Kyler Murray. Third spot was Lamar Jackson. At number four, we had Deshaun Watson, with a lot of variability there. Number five was Josh Allen, much to Dave's chagrin. Number six, we had Dak Prescott. Number seven, Russell Wilson. Number eight, Justin Herbert. Number nine, Joe Burrow. Ten, Aaron Rodgers. Eleven, Ryan Tannehill. And 12, Kirk Cousin. Still surprised. I mean, I knew I was going to say it, but it still surprised me to say it. So that being said, we're going to highlight a couple of things here and let the guys discuss and banter and argue and all the things you love to listen to us do. So highlight number one from our consensus list. Who is a QB that you are higher on than our consensus rankings has them and why? Dave. Yeah, this is Tua for me. No one else ranked Tua in their top 12. I was the only one to do it. I think I have him as my QB... He's my QB 10 overall for Dynasty's Dynasty. And a lot of that is projection, which is a, is a little bit of a nuance for me. It's, I'm trying to approach a QB, trying to be a little bit more open and learn from my mistakes in QB. I'm not trying to be as statistically oriented because it's you can't just box them in with numbers. There's a lot that goes into the development of QB. And so that being said, why Tua? Because he did underperform in every metric that I care about. He underperformed. Completion percentage in a clean pocket, not great. Adjusted yards per attempt, that's like 6.7. That, that's very close to the, oh my God, you're terrible, Mark. Because I think that's like 6.5 is I don't want anything to do with you. And then uh, his deep ball accuracy, not good. There's just a lot of things about his de- his average depth of target, which is not, a, is not a QB stat. It's more of a wide receiver stat. But just his depth of target compared to his accuracy of 65%, is not good. His completions, I'm slurring my words because I'm just so passionate about how Tua has been doing. Completion percentage overexpected, not good. A lot of things about Tua this year is just not good. And what do I, and when I watch the games, what did I actually see going away from those numbers? They had the training wheels on Tua big time this year. I think they just did not let Tua be Tua, which is someone who was, it was a lot more free-flowing offense, a lot more, it just wasn't, he needs a rhythm offense where it's timing based and where his accuracy and his decision making is highlighted. And I think because I believe in Brian Flores and the organization they're developing, I believe that Miami going forward and the talent or the the 
the draft capital, the I think they still have some decent capital or uh, some salary cap numbers to work with. They can still invest in this team and get to where they need to be to be successful, to make Tua successful. And also what I believe that Tua's abilities are after year one, I believe in Tua. And that's why I'm ahead of where people are because people are acting as, oh my God, how many times have they benched him for Ryan Fitzpatrick? All this stuff. If you let Tua be who he is and you give him a whole offseason, have a better offensive line, better weapons, we're going to see the Tua that we saw in college that made a lot of us wonder, is Burrow the QB1 or Tua the QB1 minus the injury hope aspect? So that's what I'm thinking. What about you guys? The days for Tank for Tua do seem far behind us. Um, but yeah, you know, you highlighted the offensive line struggles. They were ranked, according to PFF, the 28th out of the league. So that's certainly nothing to write home about. Any concern with them having the three pick in this chatter of moving Tua and selecting Fields? The pick to make is either trade back, keep acquiring value. I know Todd's a fan of that as them to acquire more value in the draft and just keep this, this, the value pumping into the organization. That's one, one option or take Sewell. I think that's his name. Get just another elite offensive line talent and just build that team to your offensive line, protect your quarterback, have a good run game, then invest in, in wide receiver and other offensive weapons. There's, it's so exciting what, if Tua can actually reach what we thought he could do, Miami's the place to do it. And I and I know it's a projection, but I, I still believe in him. I still believe in him. 65% accuracy, nothing to get excited about based on his depth of target or anything like that. But still, he, he didn't turn the ball over a lot. I'm still excited about Tua, and I know that it could be – it's not necessarily a popular thing to do right now, but give me Tua. Would Tua have been benched last week if Fitzmagic wasn't on the COVID list? Yep. I honestly, when I tell you I did not watch a snap, I didn't even know how he did last week. Very, so very I don't, bad. Very so, yeah, terrible. <laughs> he was terrible. So yeah, this is. So I'm probably get. This is probably something that's against the grain here, and I'm fine with it. I I just I think Tua is an elite prospect, guys. If everyone remembers the the knock on him was the injury, the injury, the injury, the injury. Everything else people were in love with, and people should not forget that. Tua does have some exciting weapons around him. Devontae Parker obviously got the extension last year. Preston Williams back from IR. Mike Gesicki really took a huge leap this year. Miles Gaskin was pretty impressive receiving out of the backfield. They'll probably draft another receiver, maybe a running back. So if they can if they can improve that offensive line, Dave, you're thinking he makes a big leap? It's not even necessarily the offensive line. It's more of they need to take the training wheels off. Let him do what Tua does. Oh, take the training wheels off? Seriously? You're jumping in now? He said that like five times. I know. Is this a Ryan Fitzpatrick team? Or is this a Tua team? Is this a, a guy who's a DGAF, makes things happen off script? Or is this Tua, who's a tactician, who can make the read and, and deliver it where it needs to be on time to keep the offensive moving? What is, what is this offense? Come on, Brian Flores. Take some ownership. I'm not sure if Chance Gale is the option or not, but I'm sure he's back next year. Just come on. Tua is a good player. Let's go. You realize that Fitzpatrick was like a top five like fantasy QB before Tua replaced him, right? Since like, he was starting. So only if fantasy points mattered as far as like what actually is the best thing for your organization. They were winning more games when he played. Look, okay, so is Ryan Fitzpatrick the... What, how is he? Like 40 years old? 38 years old? Is he I the option going forward? When we, when we started with Tua, he didn't need to play this year if they were going to be fine. You know what I mean? And like, that, okay, granted when I said that, that was more based off the fact that I want to know if he was healthy, you know? But... 
if another guy is playing well and you have a chance to make playoffs, you don't need to force the rookie QB in just because, oh, let's just take the training wheels off. The other guy outplayed him, and they were winning football games. That's it says something, Todd, that they benched the guy who was winning football games who was playing at a pretty good level to put Tua in. What made them do that? It's because Tua was showing them that he has it. Fair enough. All right, Todd, who are you more excited about than the rest of us were? So I feel like my I didn't have anything that was too much higher than the rest of you guys. So um, the one thing that I was higher on than the rest of you was just my one spot was Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson, I actually was playing with putting over Josh Allen. And the reason Josh Allen got it was upside in age. But Russell Wilson is like the consummate stud. Like he's always going to be a top option. He's been a top six QB for five out of the last six years. And the one year he missed, he was nine, which is a phenomenal floor. So there's really not much to say about Russell Wilson that we don't already know that Russell Wilson's really good. And I think that sometimes people get a little carried away with age with QBs. He's not that old. I think he's 31, 32. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's going to fall off a cliff anytime soon. And like, for me, I, like I say, like I played the game, except for QBs, I might expend expand a little past that three-year marker but for the most part i play like three years at a time you know so wilson's gonna be a top qb option for another three years and you know what he is you're gonna plug him in he's gonna be a phenomenal player for you and foundationally you don't have to worry about it there's nothing about worrying about them designing the offense around him the guy literally just as productive in whatever has been given to him so Russell Wilson is the guy I'm a little bit higher on than, than the consensus. My problem with Russell Wilson is is that he's he's become shockingly boom bust. He's had drastic swings throughout the seasons where he starts off hot, where he's top five, like 80% of the games. He's been very good to start seasons or for stretches, and then he's just losing games for you where he's off the QB1 maps overall, and it's because it comes back to why is Pete Carroll taking the ball out of Russell Wilson's hand? Todd, is that ever does that concern you with how Pete Carroll, they were doing so well early start of the season, and then the, he's like, oh, we got to run the ball. We got to run the ball. We got to run the ball. Is that frustrating as a Russell Wilson stand? Uh, yeah, but at the same time, Russell Wilson's been dealing with that his entire career. Like, that's not like new news. Like, there's nothing breaking about that. But he's still been a top six QB even with that. So the only thing that would happen is if they stopped doing that and finally stopped trying to commit to the run, because you're right, he was blowing up, and and then they started going committing back to the run. But he was still somebody who was not – he wasn't falling on his face, Dave. You no, know, like he, Not really, but not a lot of Russell yeah. Wilson championship teams there, Todd, this year. Okay. They start off hot, and he did not deliver at all in the second half of the season. So Russell Wilson also is the kind of guy that – I get that that's something that you might be a little bit more jaded about because it's more recent, but at the same time, like you still can't argue with the fact that the guy is consistently a phenomenal top six QB every year. And if you really want to point out the Pete Carroll thing, that's always been a problem, and he's still always been that at that level. So, yeah, it bothers me, but it doesn't deter me from where I put him in my rankings. Dave, as a stat head, this might blow your, blow your mind a little bit, so... To your point, right, Pete Carroll taking the ball out of his hand, he had four games this year where he threw under 30 passes. Now, each of those games, they scored at least 20 points. And in only one of those games, he didn't throw for multiple touchdowns. So even with the low volume, 
he's still jacking up points through the TD. He he's he's an unbelievably efficient player. It's he's I mean, if you want to get past like fantasy football, he's just one of the best quarterbacks in football. End of story. He's just gonna make plays. His floor is very attractive. I'm not trying. To, I'm just trying to yeah. add a little bit of, of and, and, color and now, to this, and where I'm not always agreeing with Todd here is that right. his floor is nice. You know what he's going to be. However, sometimes that ceiling he doesn't reach there because of the limitations Seattle puts on him. And we thought this was the year, but he ended, he didn't end up cooking. He ended up burning out. Yeah, right. hot that start really fun. fizzled. Let me ask you guys this: what if they because the conventional the wisdom and, was, yeah. yeah, run, 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 defense, defense, defense. And they use Wilson when they need to and no other time. But now they have weapons. Now does the presence of Lockett, who's phenomenal, and him and Russ have this unbelievable connection, but more importantly, DK Metcalf, does that just nix this whole argument that even in these games where Russ does have super low volume, the presence of those guys allows him to be so uber efficient that he's able to accrue a ton of fantasy points anyway? Definitely not going to hurt him, you know? Especially with DK, who's just like, just scratching the surface of what he can be, you know? Uh, another guy I was definitely wrong about on, like, who he could have been, you know? so No, Todd, you were not wrong. Andy Isabella is better than DK. I'm with you 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Isabella is better than every wide receiver. Yeah, the goat. All right, goat. <laughs> highlight number two. Which quarterback has entered into your top 12 rankings that wasn't there last year? Todd. So uh, the obvious one was Herbert. And I'm not going to get into that. I mean, he, anybody who's going to come out and say like, oh, I believed in him from day one. I don't believe you. Like some people might've said that like, oh, you know, like what my biggest thing that I go hold on to with Herbert is I talked up how much, how much of a great value pick he was in rookie drafts. I even flat out said that I don't even really like him that much, but he's great value. So he was a big surprise. I, he was nowhere near my top 12. Then the other one is Ryan Tannehill, dude. Like. Like I, I've, I hated him at in Miami. Like I have was not a believer, and then he gets to the Titans, and he's just had a phenomenally efficient year, man. He's a guy that now I look at somebody who could be steady. Like he's proven that in fantasy football you can rely on him. He's kind of not somebody I want to build a dynasty around, but if I'm Gonna play with the idea of punting the position, which I typically wouldn't. But if I were, um, he'd be a guy that I could be as my my latch disc QB one, and then I'm just discussing in other places, you know. So Tannehill, somebody that definitely impressed me this year. He was just I, I didn't see this coming at all. So he finished as the QB seven this year, and. You know, he's, he still had, you know, the seven rushing touchdowns are things that I'm not really trying to chase. So, yeah, very, very efficient player. You know, I see that sustaining for sure. Well, I think we can attribute a lot of your hate to misplaced anger, right? Because now experience has taught us who we really should be hating. This is true. This, this is succubus. true. So, with Tannehill, I feel like some of the Russ argument that we had just listed might carry over that with the weapons that are there, that just cancels out any downsides to, or most of the downsides to his game, right? A.J. Brown, phenomenal talent that we're seeing. Dave, who else do they have there in that wide receiver core that might be? I mean, Corey Davis is probably moving on. You got Jonas Smith. Uh, I mean, Adam Humphreys, let's get excited, everyone. What mm. I think most important to highlight is that the amount of resources that defenses need to commit to Derrick Henry 
just opens things up so much for Tannehill to deal with ease when he needs to. Um, Todd, any concern that hitching your wagon to the Tannehill star might be a bad idea because of how we've seen the Titans commit to Derrick Henry down the stretch? So when you get to fantasy playoffs, when you get to championship weekend, you're running the risk of it's Tannehill with 20 attempts and Henry with 40 rushes. If I'm like, so like I said, that a lot of people that tried to punt the the QB position when they do a startup with this, so like if you run after Tannehill as one of your three QBs when you were like waiting later in your draft, yeah, he worries me as a guy that as my QB one, rely on that. I love him as a QB too, because the other thing that's, that you see when you have a guy like Derrick Henry is he opens up the options in the passing game because... He, you have to commit so much to him, like you just said. So I think if Derrick Henry's having a big game, there's opportunities that Tannehill's probably going to be able to get some pretty easy looks for a touchdown too. And, I mean, he threw for 33 touchdowns this year, and Derrick Henry was a freaking monster, and he finished the QB7. So so they can like, coexist. Yeah, I mean, clearly it just happened. You know what I mean? I mean, there's weeks that you might need to worry about it, but everybody flops. Like certain weeks, everybody has a flop week. Like it happens, you know. If you're worried about like one week going poorly, well, then you're playing this game the wrong way. Two last questions with him. One, he's in your top twelve for the first time this year. Where was he last year? Ah, uh, him. Uh, Roughly, was, obviously. Yeah, I know that. I'm probably saying he's probably around like seventeen, eighteen. My guess. Good jump. All right, now he is our tale of two rivals consensus eleventh quarterback. What's the ceiling, you think? For him? Yeah, is it right about say, there? Is there room for improvement? Oh, I could see him finishing top eight, you know? Uh, I would say that what you're looking at in front of him is... So the three guys we have in front of him are Herbert, Burrow, and Rodgers. So Rodgers, we're all waiting for that to come off, that to fall off. It hasn't yet. So <laughs> it will at some point. Uh, Joe Burrow... You know, major injury concerns, still in an interesting situation in Cincy. And Herbert only did it for a year, you know? And like, we're obviously not expecting that to, like, to, like, we're expecting for him to make a step forward or at least stay in that range. A young QB can take a step back, you know what I mean? So there's definitely room for Tannehill to move up because I think that he's going to be steady where he's at, you know, in that, in that kind of range where those other guys could be moving down. So it's kind of like, if he keeps doing what he's doing and other people kind of move back, that's where I see him moving up. All right, fantastic. Dave, who has jumped into your top 12 that wasn't there last year? Just really quick about Tannehill, because he was right on my fringe here. The reason why he wasn't my top 12 was what you were saying, Sean. He was very, he, I felt he was a little boom bust this season with on weeks, off weeks. And I don't, he had a couple of long rushing plays, some, some, the rushing touchdowns. I like the rushing part of Tannehill's game here. I just don't like, on, it's tough to get too excited for an offense that is so Derrick Henry oriented. Corey Davis, is he staying? Is he going? Is it, is it an AJ Brown, Derrick Henry show? Is that enough to keep Derrick or to, to Tannehill going? I don't know. And but I agree with what Todd's Tannehill is definitely a good value, and he's a a, a great a great. He's the epitome of one of those veteran QBs where you get him at those mid to late QB prices. And you can get ahead of the curve and watch him grow. And he returns QB one prices, or now he is a top twelve QB, top twelve QB value in Dynasty. It, that's the the play 
for fantasy is don't get too caught up on for quarterbacks of what they did the previous year. Look at what they're going to do moving forward. And that's how you hit on a guy like Tan Hill because at people who are looking ahead of seeing the, the, what was going on in, in Tennessee, they can hit on Tan Hill and the improvements he had made. So I, I'm not trying to disagree with Todd. I'm just saying good. Tan Hill was a hit for a lot of people. He, he was a great value in Dynasty this year. But players that I that that are in top 12 that weren't previously there for me, I agree. Herbert was there for me, wasn't in my top 12 or even sniffing it, but he was there. The only thing about Herbert that I'm worried about is he had like, what, 40 attempts per game this year? New coaching staff coming in. is or Can we rely on that kind of volume you, the, like every year going out of Herbert having 40 pass attempts? What do you guys think? I think you can make the argument that whoever is coming in is going to be coming to use Herbert. But a lot of that is game script dependent where at 40 pass, that's a lot of pass attempts per game, right, Todd? Yeah, but you also got to remember that they're, they they have the best receiving back in football as their number one back. Like they're going to So that means he's them. the QB1 overall if he's attached to Eckler, right? Yeah, well, I thought about it just because of Eckler. But <laughs> the point being is that like that's how they're going to want to put the ball in Eckler's hands, which um, you know, obviously think of it this way. Herbert did this with Eckler being out. You know, like you put Eckler in that equation, Herbert has a better year, you know? But at the same time is they're going to come in and you're going to have to use your best asset. And he still has great weapons around him. And let's be honest, it was a terrible, it, it, they did a terrible job coaching him. And like, if they can oh, come in with, Anthony was terrible. Yeah. So if they can come in with a more inventive offense, maybe the, the volume is not there, but the efficiency could go through the roof. dude. Todd's saying good assets. Yeah. Hunter Henry was actually, a, I, I liked Hunter Henry this year. Keenan Allen stud. I was out for a lot of the year. Stud, 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 stud. Yep. Let's all agree. Stud, stud, stud. However, he was throwing a lot to to Guyton, to Tyrone Johnson. Let's get some more weapons for Herbert. Yeah. Can we do that? Because who knows if you Hunter know. Henry's back? What if Kenny right. Galladay think, is there? Oh, well, gosh. All I'm saying is, like, in the draft, that's something they could address. It's a very deep, like, wide receiver draft. Like, if you're looking for a wide receiver in round two and three, you can get a guy that can just you can plug right in right away, you know? So they could be looking at that. And... Also, like, they could go be looking at vets. You know, what's Nelson Algar up to? I'm just kidding. But um... Oh, God, I just, my pants <laughs> just think about that. I, I swore. I don't usually swear in here, but that, I, I, don't say that, Todd. That was mean. <laughs> that was funny. But, no, I mean, he does, I mean, I would say the weapons for me were, like, you know, Hunter Henry, Allen, and Eckler. And that's enough. to like, those are three studs, dude, you know? So, point being that. If those guys stay healthy and they can add a little bit more to them, and they actually need to beef up the line a little bit more. So, yeah, I mean, Herbert's somebody that you you shouldn't rely on that kind of volume, but in a better offense, he'd be more efficient, which can make him more dangerous. So us having him at eight, I think a lot of people have him closer to the six, five range. So I think we might yep, be a little bit below consensus. Sure. We are. And I think that what people are, I'm sorry, this top seven's freaking locked. Like Mahomes, Murray, Watson, Lamar, Prescott, Allen, and Wilson, dude. Like, I'm not reading. I just read Dave's rankings. That's not our order. Oh, well, that's pretty. I liked it. That sounded pretty good to me. <laughs> Mahomes, Murray, Jackson, Watson, Allen, Prescott, Wilson. Right? Those are that's that's locked. Like, that's a top seven. I don't care how you want to change up the arranging. Unless Mahomes isn't your one, then you're crazy. But other than that, you're not breaking that. Like, then you're just getting cute, man. Like. If anybody, I can guarantee you, if you go look at anybody who has rankings that has Prescott below Herbert, I'm going to lose my mind. You know? So, I agree. Todd, we're on the same page here. However, I have something a little 
a little that I want to bring the show here. I would be with my a co-host on Rookie Fever, which I have now an official co-host of, which I'm pretty excited about. You know, guys, how I love talking rookies. Uh, so we're on Rookie Fever podcast with Shane and Mike Fanaro. Uh, I made a sh- in a trade. I traded. I had Justin Herbert, who I took it like 203, 204 in our rookie draft, Superflex rookie draft. I traded Herbert for Herbert and Brian Edwards. This was before week 17, where Brian Edwards, of course, actually scored a touchdown and looked good. Which, uh, of course, that's just how the space band crumbles. But so Herbert and Brian Edwards for Deshaun Watson and Salvan Ahmed. I'm very happy of getting it was essentially it was Herbert That's, for for Watson straight up almost. Deshaun Watson is the most underrated quarterback of the studs. Like people forget how good he is because everybody knows Houston sucks. Like think about how bad of a team that is and how he's consistently a top 5 QB. If Sean wasn't such a hater Todd, he'd be in our top 3. Yeah, wow. our top 4. Wow, just calling top me out four. right there. Right. Well, he is in our top four. In the consensus, we. Saved. But I mean, he. I'm just. My my point being yeah. is that Watson. It wouldn't this change. Season, it, Dave. Oh, Get off your high horse. I yeah. know. Anyway, but yeah. anyway, you, just you, wrap you up. Putting, the, you putting him over Lamar Jackson was a little bold, bro. A little okay. bold. Well, well, maybe I'll talk about this later. However, just to wrap this up, Allen. He's a first time. This is a probably people are a little shocked. They're probably not a little shocked that they've listened to Taylor's rivals. First time ever, he's been in the top twelve for me. Josh Allen talked about him extensively last week. A lot of praise. Josh Allen did so much so well this year. The only thing of making him a top five QB for me, what's holding back is I need to see him at least in maybe a playoff situation with the pressure on because he's been known to cough the ball up, make turnovers. Those That is a part of a game that I've seen throughout the season a little bit in these pressure situations. I need to see him perform and continue to, to produce, make the right decisions because his decision-making is still struggled at times. However, this makes it sound like I'm a hater, and I'm not. I'm not a Josh Allen hater anymore. I promise, I promise, I promise. I like Josh Allen. It's just I need to see him do it one more year before I can say, like, hey, he's on Lamar Jackson's level. He's on Deshaun Watson's level. I just need to see it one more time because is he has he blown away my expectations? Yes, but does that mean that he's a for sure top five down CQB for me? No, and that that's just why I am a little bit – this is the first time that he's in the top 12 for me, which – I just say again, Josh Allen, I'm very happy that you're doing as well as you are. Congrats, man. <laughs> all right. A lot. That was all over the place here. A lot. Very, it's very complicated. Josh, we have a complicated history. Well, I think what it was is we had to have the whole other tangent because you just couldn't admit that Josh Allen was your selection right there. So highlight number three, going negative. Which QB in our consensus top 12 are you lower on than our consensus? Dave. All right. So this is Lamar Jackson for me. It's tough to complain about a back who's had or a back. Oops, that was a slip of the tongue here. A quarterback who's had back-to-back huge rushing seasons, rushing seasons. Uh he, the floor that provides for your team week in, week out is huge. His accuracy stat, his accuracy stats, believe it or not, in a clean pocket, his deep ball accuracy are much better than people will guess. Top 9 in both of the top 9 in both of those. Lamar Jackson isn't as bad throwing the ball that people might have guessed. CPO his completion percentage over expected, not where you'd like it to see. So that is a little bit of a red flag. The only thing for me is why he's at four, why I have Watson over him is just one, why I love Deshaun Watson is that he's just been so consistent, getting better every single year. Been amazing. Deshaun Watson, just simply amazing, especially with the tools around him. Oh gosh, I love Deshaun Watson. But Lamar Jackson, we saw defenses adjust. 
I need to see Lamar Jackson adjust to what the defense has adjusted and see him improve a little bit more throwing the ball. Do I think he can do it? Yes. But to put him above Deshaun Watson, I need to see him do it first. That's all. All right. Fair enough. Um, any concern, and I guess this is actually not concern, but this would staunch your argument, is the emergence of J.K. Dobbins. I mean, he was he was a stud down the stretch. Does the look of a dominant rushing game, like just Dobbins and Dobbins plus Edwards certainly looks great, especially in the red zone. Does that zap some of Jackson's value as he starts to lose maybe those touches, those red zone designed plays? I don't think the rushing, the pass run ratio is going to change much going forward. I think that's just been a big part of Baltimore. So I mean specifically for him running. No, like no, not at all. Himself. I think Lamar Jack, at least for the next couple of years, I think we're going to look at at least 600 to seven, probably 700 plus rushing yards for the next two to three years. Lock it in. That's Lamar Jackson. Now going past that and projecting it, I don't know. Who who knows about injuries? He's been very good so far. I think he took a little bit more big hits this year than in years past, but it's nitpicking a little bit. No, it does, ultimately no, Sean. DeMar, or J.K. Dobbins doing well is a good thing for Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. Rising tide lifts all boats. You know that is my favorite thing to say. On I know. You plug it a lot. I can't believe you didn't put it in right there. All right, Todd, who are you lower on than our consensus had, our consensus 12? So I actually had finished my list um, before Sunday, and I had two in my top 12. And after Sunday, it made me reconsider. And No backbone. No, no. It's just being reflective on the guys I like more than him now. So when I look at Tua, I the obviously there's an unbelievable amount of untapped potential there. There's a chance that if Miami's not believing in him, could they draft a QB? I think it'd be stupid, but I don't hold it out of the realm of possibility. And he really does not great this year. And Dave can blame it on everybody else but Tua, but he wasn't great it wasn't even i wouldn't even say he was good you know so i need to see a little more before i say hey i'd rather have two than like got a guy that was qb7 kirk cousins who's consistently going to be good and aaron Rodgers, who's a stud still you know so this is for me it's called the winning mentality you know like like i still think of like dynasty as trying to win the freaking league sure I could get burned on Tua, and I can go find one of the four other QBs that are going to go in the top eight this year. And then next year, there's going to be, like, three more that are going to go in the top 12. Like, there's going to be plenty of young QBs. I'll rather just look at the guys I know they are going to be studs instead of sitting here and trying to play a guessing game with Tua and what that situation is going to be. And if I'm wrong, that's fine. I don't think I'm whiffing on a guy that's going to be top 10 for, like, right away if he might crack the top 12 next year so yeah I- i'm totally fine so that's pretty much where it's at i'd rather take the guys that are established and consistent where i know what their situation is when with two up he just didn't do enough to impress me you know now let's he say you had, had to are you a hold right now or are you a sell oh i'm a hold i'm an absolute hold with two if i have him if i have him already like what you'd sell him for like so unless like you're trading to dave you know like, there's still people, like, you got to know your league. And I'm not si- this is not, like, I know I like to take shots at Dave. I'm not taking a shot at Dave. My, my, wait, wait that, a second. You are yeah, you are? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. But the point being is Dave is still holding his value from pre-draft, you know? Well, actually, my, my bad. Like, from, like, rookie draft value, right? 
And that's totally fair. There's nothing wrong with that because it's not like you need to bail. And I'm not really bailing Tua. He would be like my 13 right now, you know? So my point is, is that unless you got a guy looking to give value like that, which is probably not common at this point, just hold him and see what you can get out of him. And I hope you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's going to come back and finish a top six QB while Tua rides the pine. I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, so... Absolutely, there's no reason to be trading to unless somebody's willing to give that value that he had preseason back to So, Todd, three weeks ago, a month ago, I'm not sure exact time frame, you had yep. Tua as I your... I had him as the 102. Like, and you had Joe Burrow, who you now have ranked ahead of him, as a 204, 205. That's what you said. Yep. Almost as a throwaway dismissing me when I said Tua, or when Burrow was a top, like, was a 110 or something like yep. that. Uh I get accused for flip-flopping a lot from you, Todd. <laughs> Defend yourself. Yeah, it's totally fair. So I would say with Tua, the last game just made me kind of reevaluate where I see Tua's situation. And like I said, there's a good chance I'm going to be wrong about this. But I'm going to be wrong about him where I'm talking about guys that I'm confident about where they're at. You know, with Joe Burrow, I did a little digging into his injury and from what it seems like is that there's a chance that he could be ready for preseason, you know? And that to me, I'm like, okay, like it looked really bad. Another win for the Dr. Spaceman. Yeah, that's fair, man. I mean, it was one of those things where I'm kind of like, I kind of need to see that. And this is the other thing too. This is why like Dave is like Twitter right now. Oh, you know, four weeks ago I said something and then I found out new information. I changed my mind. Crucify me. So... (laughs) You I know. get crucified you by all the time for that, Todd. Come on yeah, now. Yeah, because you're so bad at winning. So, um... <laughs> all right. Let's let the records be... All right. All right. Let's, I'm yeah. going to flex you on my one keeper win. Yeah. What title right. in 13 years, buddy. Yes. Welcome to the yes. show. <laughs> so, point being is that once I kind of had a better understanding of where Tua's injury was at, you know, I mean, excuse me, where Burrow's injury was at, that kind of changed my mind. I'm still higher on Burrow. I also think with Burrow, I really like where his pieces are with those two wide receivers. I can see them adding to that, too. I honestly just like Burrow more. Not a lot more than Tua, but with Tua, it's just, I mean, no one's, like, Cincinnati's just locked in with Burrow. That They, they have to be. Tua, they should be in Miami, but there's just something about the way he played this year and where their draft position is right now that... I don't know. Like, Justin Fields is sitting there. Did they think about it? You know? Sean, I think... sorry. Sean, do you hear that? That noise? Sorry. Sorry, no. Do you hear that? It sounds like just flapping in the wind with the breeze. I'm not. I, that's <laughs> all I'm hearing. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I would say. I have kind of like this tune-out effect sometimes that happens under certain <laughs> situations. Yeah. But maybe, maybe that's what's going yeah. on here. Well, whatever. So, I would take Sewell. The tackle out of Oregon if I'm Miami all day. And it's not because I'm, I, I absolutely would be rolling with Tua, but I don't know what I just, in the realm of possibilities, that's just the one thing that I'm not really like firm on. And also about Sewell, he's the possibly the best prospect besides Lawrence in this entire draft. He's the best offensive tackle that's been in the draft in like a decade. I know we can't say anything, but didn't Miami already say they're rolling with Tua in 2021? Didn't they already say that? I have not. I don't know. If it if they did, that's great. I haven't heard that. But there's oh. like I'm saying, like 
Justin Fields, great. Coaches speak square, awesome. If Justin Fields is sitting there, right, and they say to themselves, could we be better with Justin Fields? And you go ahead and do that. You couldn't trade Tua and get great value anyways? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not really like he's on a movable piece. I'm just saying they're sitting in the position where a guy could fall in their lap that they might like more than him. And, I mean, look what the freaking Cardinals did when they drafted Kyler Murray, you know? When they had Josh Rosen here before 10. Like, it's not really unheard of to do that. So, to me, what could possibly land in their lap? Because Sewell could go too. And the Jets just do a Jets kind of thing and don't replace their quarterback, you know? So, yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I don't... I'm not a Miami. I'm not. I don't work for the Miami staff. I don't know how they feel about the idea of Justin Fields versus Tua. You know, it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it's possible. Double mute. All right. Um, moving on. Our last highlight that we're pulling out of our top twelve. So, who do you think stands the biggest chance of jumping up our rankings? So, when we're sitting either at our year in review episode or we're at our top twelve consensus ranking episode next year, who's going to have moved the most? In a positive direction. Who's going to move up the most these rankings? And you guys actually had the same guy, which, come on, you guys couldn't have found somebody else to talk about? Well, I mean, it, it, it's kind of low-hanging fruit. I mean, I mean, we have Prescott at, what did we have, Matt? I keep looking at Dave's rankings. They're terrible. Prescott uh, is the six. Six. So, Prescott at six. I mean, Prescott has the potential to finish one, you know? Like, Literally, the reason we have him at six is, is the fact that he's off an injury and the five guys ahead of him have been just disgusting. That's it. You know, he could outperform every guy in front of him at that list. No problem. He's done it, except for Mahomes. There was one, the one year where he finished two was when Mahomes just blew up, you know? So, but we're also talking about him having a full year with with Lamb, at least Gallup or Cooper, if not all three still, you know? So, yeah, I... Uh, he's, it's easy to eat Dak, and we know why, because he's done it already, and we just want to see if he can come back. One, if he's even going to be back with Dallas, which he'll probably will be, is my guess. And then two, is if him coming off that injury, if he's going to be fine, which it seems like he's going to be, you know? So, long story short, is it's just, we just got to see some things that happen with Dak, and if things fall in the right place. Yeah, but it's also, let's say that those things fall in the right place. It might be hard to move out of that sixth spot, too, because that five is dirty. That top five is disgustingly good. You know? So, so Todd, the only re so you have Wilson ahead of Prescott, and I think uh, Sean and I actually tie. We both have Prescott five, and for me personally, the second Prescott resigns or his franchise or whatever happens with Dallas, if he resigns with Dallas, the second that happens, Prescott becomes the four and goes over Lamar. Wow, autom- that automatically happens. Prescott goes there every single season. Prescott has played. He's been a top 12 QB in Dynasty. This year, he was the QB1 overall before he went down. Uh, Prescott is good, and I'll, I'll take – that's the only thing that's preventing me for, from having him over Lamar right now. And so that's the only thing. And then also Tua for me, if he – like if things happen the way I think it happens, he could move up for all of us way ahead. But yeah, I, I don't – I think we're all in agreement here on overall, though, on the, pro, the idea of Dak. Though. Yeah, loving Dak. All right. That's wrapping up our highlights. So once again, running through the top 12 consensus, tale of two rivals, dynasty quarterback ranking. Patrick Mahomes at number one, Kyler Murray at two, Lamar Jackson at three, Deshaun Watson at four, Josh Allen at five, Dak Prescott at six, Russell Wilson at seven, Justin Herbert at eight, Joe Burrow at nine, Aaron Rodgers at 10, Ryan Tannehill at 11, and Kirk 
Cousins at 12. All right, guys. Any final thoughts? Any closing arguments to take us out? I think there's just a there's two guys I wanted to highlight that we didn't talk about that I feel like might be two of the most disputed people on this list. And that's Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play football. And he's consistently a stud QB in Superflex. And I will invest in him right now as like my QB one. If if I'm in a startup and I'm loading up at wide, I'm loading up a running back, and I get Rodgers as my QB one in a startup right now, I'm pretty happy about that with my strategy. I don't like doing that strategy because you're kind of like tightening your, your pool of QBs. And then if a QB runs, you're screwed, you know? But Rodgers is just proving that he's still got it and he's still QB1 material. So until he falls off that cliff, he's worth the investment. And Kirk Cousins is somebody who's steady as all hell, you know? Like, you know that he's going to be the Q. One, you know he's going to be the QB for the Vikings. That's not going to change. That's his job, you know? And two, he's putting up, you know, 4,000-yard passes and 35 TDs pretty consistently, you know? So, yeah, I, I just think those are guys that are just unbelievably steady options that made it into our consensus. So, sure, there's guys with, you know, upside like Hertz and Tua and all that. For me right now, like, plenty of other youth is coming in these future drafts. Like, the 2023 draft has two studs that are just going to be unbelievable, you know? There it is. There it is. Yeah, DJ, baby. I love him. So, ukulele. Um, I, I, I'm really working on his name, dude. It's so hard. So, But I'm just saying, like, that's why with guys that I can see that I can win now with instead of speculating. So, with the QB position, if I know I'm going to get, like, potential top 12 production out of a guy that I know what he's capable of, I'm going to lean that way. I am. All right. I Dave, what do you have to wrap it up? Hype's out of control, too, just for the record. Jalen Hurt hype out of control. I'll agree with you on there, Todd. Now, I, yeah, I don't want to get too much of Jalen Hurts. Maybe that's for, for another show here. But a guy that we di- I didn't touch on enough is just Deshaun Watson. He's had three top five seasons, and he's gotten better. His, his accuracy, his decreases turnovers. He's got that rushing floor. And he's doing it in worse and worse circumstances every year. Bill O'Brien has tanked that team. And people were so down on him. I should have mentioned this in my hits last episode. I was higher than consensus. I told you guys, hey, people are fading Deshaun Watson because of what's going on with Deshaun with uh, DeAndre Hopkins leaving. Do not sleep on DeAndre or Deshaun Watson. And lo and behold, Deshaun Watson had an amazing season. And he didn't do it by shining in any one category. Yeah, his completion percentage when he wasn't pressured, was insane. It was like 82%, blew everyone out of the water. But then his every stat that you care about, oh, God, it was sexy. He, he can do it all. He just keeps improving. And I think J.J. Watt might have said this in the press conference this, this week or in a week. Just another, It was a, an elite season from Deshaun Watson that was wasted by how bad Houston was. And I, and I think people are not realizing that Watson's 25 years old and how good he has been because he's on Houston. I don't realize just how good he has been. And then hitting on what Todd has said a little bit with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, his advanced matches were elite. His completion percentage over expected, amazing. He was he had threw the ball down the field. He pushed the ball down the field, was incredibly accurate, took shots. He has one of the best, actually, he has a, uh, a rookie record setting wide receiver in Justin Jefferson 
And then Adam Thielen, an emerging Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook, he can throw to out of the backfield. Maybe that offensive line is going to improve some more. Oh my gosh, Kirk Cousins is just, he, he is looking impressive. And then just finally, I think, I don't know about Todd here, but I think some rookies are going to break our top 12. I think I have two rookies that are going to break my top 12 here going forward. I haven't done the work yet, but I think uh, they're going to break into my top 12. And then Rodgers, one thing, the one red flag, yes, Todd said how amazing he has been this year. He was elite. He was tagged by us. We, I talked about him as a guy that people were sleeping on. Don't do it. However, Rodgers, he had an eight-point-something TD rate this year. That is very hard to sustain. And that's one reason why he was so low the year before is because Aaron Jones scored so many touchdowns, so many rushing touchdowns the year before. Funny how that regret that uh, ebb and flow of passing touchdowns work. I just, he threw a lot of touchdowns this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see that revert to the mean a little bit. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers, real deal. Very good dynasty asset. Guys, this was a lot of fun for me. QBs, people get bored. They, their eyes gloss over. But Superfuss dynasty, dynasty, they can get overlooked. So I'm glad we had this conversation to start off the new year for us. Just on the rookie piece, there's two guys I was confident to put in the 12. And I actually would put Lawrence uh, ahead of Herbert already. I, I'm that high on him. And then Fields, I might put him ahead of Tua. It's just interesting how in and week 17. I might put him ahead of Cousins. It's but, just interesting. Yeah. In week 17, Tua has a bad game. Oh, yeah, whatever. But then Lawrence... Fr- craps the bed and Todd doesn't care. So what is it, Todd? <laughs> uh Lawrence beat I know, Alabama I'm just, I'm as a freshman for now. I'm messing title. with you, Todd. I would have taken a one overall then. <laughs> oh, you mean <laughs> when Tua just replaced Jalen Hurts as a freshman in the national championship game? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just pick and choose what matters. <laughs> I will. That's how I feel like it. <laughs> I, I Todd, this was fun tonight, right? Yeah, it was. But no, but I was also gonna say the other thing about Fields is though, when you want to talk about him versus Tua, what does Fields have over Tua? Rushing upside, David. Rushing upside. A lot of it. So that's the other thing about Fields is that... So on closing thoughts, this is something Dave will appreciate is... I was very biased against uh, running quarterbacks. I always thought they were going to be an injury concern. You know, Dr. Dave always knows that um, That I, I talk about that all the time. I, I think I finally have got past that. When you look at our consensus rankings, yeah, all those guys run. So, uh, I've become a convert. I mean, granted, like, when you look at Lawrence, people would say, like, oh, he's a pocket guy. No, Lawrence can run, you know? Like, he's, like, produced off with his legs. Like, last year in the festival, when they beat Ohio State, he had over 100 yards rushing and two TDs, you know? so like, Todd, we have some wafers yeah. and Kool-Aid in the back, buddy, for this rushing QB thing. So, we'll do yeah, that after the I, show. I, I'm in, man. Like, yeah, it's a grape Kool-Aid. You know what? It's such a fun club to be in. You can have whatever kind of Kool-Aid you want. I'm in. (laughs) All right. I think my my only closing thought would be as we're wrapping up football here, for all you gambling degenerates who are pivoting to basketball, go check out great friend of the show, Sir Hannon, on YouTube for some expert betting picks. Um, I once saw him hit a seven-pick parlay. For an obscene amount of money in one night that he did off the cuff in five minutes on his phone. Kid Dave, you'd love it. The kid's got spreadsheets on spreadsheets on spreadsheets. Yeah, sir. Hannah knows Hannah knows his, his basketball. I real if you really want to have a fun night, go to a bachelor party and watch Hannon and Todd drink and then just argue ridiculously about basketball. <laughs> just just Al Horford. Just Al Horford for a couple of days. Um 
Yeah, I'm kicking in uh, Hannon's ass in uh, fantasy basketball. Just saying. But Hannon is legit, man. Hannon, actually, Hannon's the guy also, if you ever get to know Hannon, like, daily, daily fantasy sports, dude. That guy is phenomenal. He's very knowledgeable. All right, guys. Good night. Good topic. Uh, next week, we'll be hitting you. We'll be diving into the running back top 12 consensus rankings. And hopefully one person on this podcast will get them over to us a little bit more so we have some more time to prepare. I'll yeah. have it to you by the yeah, end of the weekend. Don't you already have was... them done? That's what confused me yeah. about this. Is like, you grab all the actually. time about how you're constantly tweaking and updating your rankings and everything. And right. right. Since and Saturday, like, we've been asking uh, you for them, and you got them to us two hours ago. Yeah, it was very difficult for me to figure out what I was higher or lower on consensus without a consensus. Was a challenge. I was on an extreme spreadsheet binge during my vacation, guys. It was ungodly. You're undercutting yourself. You I think had I the like information at your fingertips hey. is what you're telling us. Hey, I went, tail to rivals above all, bro. I went three days without showering. I was so into this freaking spreadsheet thing. It was, How is it was, that different than most of your life, bro? Todd, I, have, I do not have an odor problem. That's I, 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 I'm aware. I pride aware. myself. With I'm my, aware. my scent. <laughs> Good time. Uh, I will say you can find me at FF underscore Spaceman on Twitter. Uh, look for me. Also, I am a recent co-host on the Rookie Fever podcast with Shane and Mike Finero. It is a great time where we talk about rookies all year long. And I made a couple of guest appearances recently. Check me out on Dynasty, uh, the Dynasty show Block in the Back with Ryan and Tyler. That was a really fun episode where we talked about my rookie database. I'll be re- releasing a Patreon very soon. That is a big announcement for me where I will be having a lot, a lot of databases exclusively for people who support me. That's where you will find my dynasty rankings where I'll be doing weekly shows on Excel tips, on process of how to go through and use databases and how to you know, look at how rookies have changed and how their production changed. A lot of very unique customizable, actionable advice where I'll be doing Patreon. And that's where, and all that Patreon money is going to be going into Tail to Rivals where we're going to be upgrading here. So yeah, guys, a lot's happening over here. Looking forward to it. Everyone stay safe, uh, be well, and you know, just be kind to one another. Uh, and this was a great time tonight, guys. Thanks for, uh, thanks for talking fancy with me. And Todd, where can they find you at? You can find me at Twitter at FF underscore banter, man. You can also find that three Pete at a tale of two rivals in my profile. Don't forget, I'm the winner in this group. So I'm also a writer over at the IDP guys, pretty much focusing on Debbie most of the time. Please come talk to me about Twitter on Debbie because these guys won't. On top of that, I do still, you know, still do my dynasty piece, as you guys can tell from the podcast, and definitely be looking out for the IDP guys rookie guide. And I will be dropping some Debbie episodes this offseason, probably under our tale two rivals uh with a certain kind of show title that i'm as a work in progress for uh so be on the lookout for that i will actually have some guests on to be doing that as well so uh i'm very ecstatic to go check out what high school seniors are still available in my devi draft right now todd and john before we close up i this is something i've been meaning to do for a couple weeks now shout out to Dynasty Coach A, John Arrington on Twitter. He's a co-host of the Monocle Dynasty podcast. He has had a Tale of Two Rivals for months now as one of their top podcasts on his website, contenderconnection.com. He's really been he's been just very supportive of us, Tale of Two Rivals, a loyal listener. 
And I just want to put him, this is something that we did occasionally throughout the offseason and in season, but I I just want to nominate him as a friend of the show because of the support that he does give us. So shout out to John. Uh, it's much appreciated, sir. And uh, yeah, that's just a little shout out to John. Thanks, Johnny. Oh, the last name I want to say is Will Shipley. That's it. You'll remember the name. Not related to Jordan Shipley? No. I have no idea. All right. Th- I think that's it, guys. <laughs> I feel like we went full we had- Lord of the Rings and we had like eight different wrap-ups. Yeah, I- I'll probably sp- cut them and paste them to put a... We had a re- some decent banner there that I'll probably just put at the end because it was, that's some good- it was a good way to close the show. Um, I had fun tonight, though. Precious. <laughs> I have so this is a little uh, thing that I have watched in full circuit in the last month. I have watched all three Hobbit movies and all three extended versions of Lord of the Rings twice in the last month. Twice, dude. That's these like spreadsheets 20, are real, man. Twenty-two hours. Spreadsheets are real. So over vacation, I watched the entire Star Wars universe minus the cartoon shows on Disney Plus. I watched Mandalorian. I watched. All the star- nine Star Wars movies, the Ewok adventure movies, I watched e- everything. And then I also watched, I finished last night, all seven Harry Potters, dude. It's been insane. A, a lot of, a lot of sitting on the couch with the spreadsheets. Yeah. How's your back? I feel like, Actually, was so like I had a problem. Stiff. My static was miserable last night. I was like, I was, it was miserable. And I was, thank God I woke up today. It was fine. But no, it was not good. <laughs> I, I, I fully support uh, this decision why you can do this. So yeah, keep doing it. Yeah. Can I? I have a question for you. Why did your circle all of a sudden say, "Hey"? That's when I raised my hand. Fuck your. So hand. I wanted I'm to say something, that. and I raised my hand. Oh, I was hoping oh. mine would be a more unique "Hey." Oh, is that what that is? Why does it? Remember. Why did yours not go away? Mine's mine. Do you hold it? I'm gonna hold it. You've been holding no. it the entire time. No, no, I no, I think I don't know what's going on. Maybe until you, you speak, have, you have to. You have you've to been speaking the whole time. Yours has been on for. You have to re-hit the sign again, geniuses. Not for me. Yeah, you hit it, and then I hit it again, and it comes off. Oh, Not you know me. what? Your guys is still. I have to. Do, I have like to dismiss minutes. it on my end. Hmm. So if I hit raise my hand, it goes away instantaneous. But like Dave, yours was there the entire time until I just clicked yeah. it. I was like, I was like, hey, Dave, I don't care. Um, I thought it was nice just getting a little shout out from Dave. No, it's nice. I appreciated well, it. I was. I I just was confused. I didn't know what was happening. By the way, Will Shipley is a freshman running back for Clemson next year. I'm kind of wasn't upset. Jordan Shipley a like the quarterback for Colt McCoy at Texas or the wide receiver? No, Jordan Shipley I think was a slot receiver for Texas at one point. That's what I meant. What I, that's what I meant. He was like the go-to wide receiver at Texas. Oh for, yeah, yeah. I thought for, Colt for some McCoy. reason when you said that he was backing up McCoy. Uh, Colt. Yeah, he was a. Uh, actually, it's a good question. He was the go-to. He was the go-to slot receiver for for Colt McCoy, I believe. Yeah, Shipley is like. Um, He's he's like an unbelievable like like receiving back. I yeah he it, it's it's kind of like watching the high school version of CMC. So hmm. all yeah. right, guys, I need to I need to go get to bed. Yeah, same. I do too. All right, guys. All right, Wait. gents. Later.